Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. NBA preseason, it's off and running. We had quite a bit of returns on Monday night. Some fun action over in Japan as well between the Warriors and the Wizards. They're back home now. But then we have the Abu Dhabi games coming up between the Hawks and the Bucks. Again, lots of guys coming back. Ben Simmons is back in the fold. Damian Lillard's back in the fold. Many, many more to come. Zion Williamson making his debut as we record this on a Tuesday. It will be later on. It will be hours after this. But it's awesome. It's cool to see these guys back. Jamal Murray, Kawhi Leonard, some names that we haven't seen in a while. So I'm sure we'll get into that. We're going to get into some of our favorite stories about the upcoming season as training camp rolls along. But it's an exciting time to be an NBA fan because we're close. Spencer Davies, Brian Fritz, another episode Courtesy of the BasketballNews.com Podcast Network. B, we're only like two weeks away from opening week. We're getting there. We've already got to see a little bit of action on the court. Now, mind you, nobody can shoot right now. (laughs) Hey, hey, except for the Adelaide 36ers, who went 24 of 43. Everybody, Craig Randall II. If you're a G League fan, you're going to know who that is. Because he was a scorer for Long Island. And for us, some other teams that were in the league. But he lit them up. He lit the Suns up, I should say. Not them. The Suns got absolutely torched in the preseason opener. It was fun to see because I love, I love the National Basketball League. I love Aussie hoops. There's quite a bit of talent that come from over there. And the 36ers, as I told our Slack channel that night, that was Josh Giddey's next star team when he was on there. So it was cool to see that. Kai Soto. One of the guys that's going to be an NBA player in the future. He's only 20 years old, uh, Filipino, uh, seven foot two guy. He is going to be something good. So he's also on that team. So the 36ers, Adelaide, uh, you know, congratulations on whooping the Suns in their uh, preseason opener. Not like, you know, anything else could go wrong for the Suns to start the season. But I uh, just thought that was pretty cool. It, it, you, you brought up that no one could shoot. I was like, well, that's not true, actually. How about no NBA team can shoot right now? That's a very good point. Yeah, in watching like the early season games outside of that team, everybody else is just kind of finding their legs or finding their gear. I think some teams are playing hard, but you can mm. see the shooting for the most part is still off. You know, a lot of the stars are only going to play, you know, a quarter, maybe a half right now, and they'll gear it up. So, but it's just good to see everybody get back on the court, start seeing some 
of your uh, your favorite players, your favorite teams, and, and gear up for the regular season, which we're only two weeks away from. Yeah, for sure, man. And it's crazy like that it's already here, but here we are. Here we are. So let's let's delve into some stories right off the rip here. Uh, get into some favorite things that we want to talk about. Uh, I, you know, I, I'll lead it off with you, but I've got a, a couple in mind, uh, some storylines we like to pay attention to that, you know, maybe not necessarily are transactionally related, but maybe how a, a team solves this problem. What's a team going to do with this position? Uh, is there a player that we should look out for, um, you know, as as a, a breakout candidate? You know, any of those sorts of things. So we'll get into that right off the bat here. And, and Brian, we'll, we'll start with you. Yeah, it's the most kind of interesting things that we're looking forward to, you know, going into the season, like you said. So my first thing when I look ahead towards the season that interests me is the return of Ben Simmons. We got to see it in the first preseason game last night. I want to see more. It's great seeing Ben out there after he missed an entire season and everything that he's gone through, which we don't have to rehash, but just to see him back on the court looking healthy, both physically and mentally. And I want to see what he brings to the table when it comes to the Nets, because he could be the guy that could really help unlock that team. And there's still plenty of questions surrounding the Nets, but just to see Ben Simmons back out there, see the potential of what he can bring to that team and to see him play ball again, because there was a period where I really questioned, as did some other people, if he really wanted to play basketball. There was a lot going on. There's a lot going on that we didn't even know about with him mentally and physically and everything that he's gone through. So it's great seeing him back out there, and I want to see what Ben Simmons brings to the table as part of this Brooklyn Nets team. Yeah, you know, put him at the five. Let him play make out of the post. Shoot, get him in transition. We know he's one of the best playmakers in there. And he's also got that size that's going to, to really create matchup problems for a lot of teams because you can literally play him one through five in any position. It's nuts. Uh, but looked really fun. Looked really fun out there. Looked really spry. And uh, it's just good to see him on a court again. We haven't seen him on a court since, what, June 2021? Like, yeah, it's nuts to think about. But he has it, it has been that long. And, you know, you have other... Players that are like in the same boat, obviously for different reasons, but you know, Kawhi's back, like I said, and and Zion's coming back. Hey, don't be giving uh, everything you know, away. Don't be jumping ahead here. Come that's on. Not, that's not jumping ahead. Got, They're got, related. <laughs> They're related issues. You know, Jamal Murray, same thing. I'm not hey, I'm not I'm not taking uh, it's all encompassing in one subject. This yes. isn't going one, two, three, four. This is just talking about, like I said in the open, seeing all these guys come back, it's just cool. It's just good to see as an NBA fan. Um, you know, if you want me to pivot off of one of those, like I can say, like, you know, Jamal Murray's the last one I I mentioned. I want to see Jamal, Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic. What do they look like together in Denver? Is it the same as we saw a couple years ago when they were quite literally one of the best teams in the league? And, uh, you know, have an opportunity to finish in a, you know, a top three if they really had, you know, the aspirations that that we think that they're capable of. Like, I love I love the Nuggets, you know, it, and this is a year where I think that they they can take advantage of the Northwest. I mean, it's obviously going to be between them and Minnesota, if we're, you know, being quite frank. You know, you look at OKC, you look at, uh, you know, some of these teams that 
in their division were, you know, once powerhouses, maybe not so much anymore. You know, Portland, I want to see what happens in Portland. Uh, you know, Damian Lillard's back, but their roster, you know, they went out and got J- Jeremy Grant. But like, just thinking about how long ago that feels since they made those moves is crazy. Um, I do like Portland, but I'm just saying, like, the Northwest is just not as as strong as it has been in years past. So I think, like, Denver is really the one to look out for there. We obviously know where Utah is at um, and, and where they are in there. You know, rebuilding to start off with, with Will Hardy and, uh, you know, all the new pieces they brought in. But Denver is is a, is a team I have an eye on just because, again, you know, you get Jamal Murray back. You get Michael Porter Jr. back eventually. Um, you know, you add Bruce Brown, a really nice little shrewd move uh, made by by that team. So, I I mean, it's not one subject, but like Denver as a whole, I, I just want to see if they're as good as I think they can be. I totally agree. That was where I was going to go next if you hadn't talked about it because <laughs> they're a team that has really intrigued me for a while, and now I'd get to see them healthy. And we've seen Jokic obviously take this next step over the last two seasons. It's just he's had to do it without the consistency of the other two-star players you know, around him. So now hopefully they can stay healthy and we can see if they can really you know, take that next step further that we've been waiting for them to take. And it's going to be difficult because it's in the West. I mean, Western Conference is going to be very, very difficult. And the Nuggets are loaded. And hopefully they can stay healthy and we get to see if they can rise to this potential. Now, speaking of rising to a potential, I'll go out east next. And I'll look at the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm -hmm. Because... This is a team that we've kind of talked about a little bit that, you know, everybody knows they're there. Everybody knows that, um, you know, they've got some stars and whatnot. But there's a lot of attention, and rightfully so, that goes to some other teams. Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks, Brooklyn Nets have gotten a lot of attention. I'm looking square at Philly because we saw some teases of what can happen between Joel Embiid and James Harden when Harden first got there. But Harden was not healthy all of last season. Now he looks to be in much better shape. I think he's he down 100 pounds. He's down 100 pounds, according to him. So, <laughs> And he understands his role so much better, I think. He's accepting of it. He knows this is Joel's team. Joel has almost won the MVP the last two seasons. It's been nice seeing him healthy. Hopefully that can continue. So if you have those two guys and their potential, especially on the offensive end, and Tyrese Maxey, who took a step forward last season, and I want to see if he can take another big step forward. I want to see what Philly does in the East because they're the team that I'm looking at that can really make a charge that hasn't gotten a ton of attention yet. Yeah, which is crazy. Again, there's so many storylines to pay attention to, and this is what I love about the league this year is just like, again, like I go back to what I've been saying on the pod is like, I don't think there's going to be like more than one team that has less than 20 wins this year. Like it's just not going to happen. But to your point about the Sixers, I mean, you know, Maxi goes out, drops 20 in the preseason debut against uh, Brooklyn on on Monday evening, and you know looks great. Um, you know, pulling up, taking shots in transition, taking it to the cup. He's he's really good. But what I'm looking for on Philly that no one's talking about, I think, even though no one's talking about Philly, but this isn't even 
deeper element of the Sixers that no one's talking about is that they have depth. They have depth now. They don't have to rely on, you know, three guys to get the job done. You know, I, I love them bringing in. And they have pieces to where if they need to make a move come the middle of the season, they can do it. Sure, sure. But what Doc pointed out on NBA TV when I was watching one of the previews is that they lacked toughness. They lacked toughness and they lacked depth. And I think they addressed both. You bring in P.J. Tucker. You bring in Danny House Jr. You bring in freaking, you know, D'Anthony Melton. Like, these are good and very, very important moves. Montrez Harrell, we know he's tough. Like, it's just setting a tone about what kind of identity you're going to have. And I think that theirs is very strong. I think theirs is very strong. You stay healthy. You have, like, like I said, a lot more depth than you've had in the past. And now I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how Tobias plays. You know, Tobias is a really good player. And no one talks about Tobias, but how's he going to benefit off of the James Harden, Joel, and Bead duo? You know, like, obviously he's probably going to be spotting up a little bit more. He won't have the ball in his hands as much. But maybe that's a good role for him. You have, you know, again, Melton off the bench, who's just going to be a fiend defensively and knock down your occasional three. P.J. Tucker, this guy just gets to championships and he gets to deep runs into the playoffs. Just happens with P.J. Tucker. <laughs> so, like, you're almost a shoo-in to make it to at least the second round or the, the conference finals when you have that guy on your team. Sure feels that way. It does. It does. But yeah, no, I like Philly this year. I do. Um, you can you can take a back to back one since I stole two of yours. Okay, no problem. <laughs> well, I'll bring up this one. I'll, I'll go in a little bit of a different direction. Some of the people you mentioned, and we can circle back to them. Okay. The Phoenix Suns. Is this the season where they can still remain good and among the elite in the Western Conference and make a run for a championship? Or is this the year that they slide back? There are already negative signs. We talked last week about <laughs> training camp and the boo-boo face and everything going on there. And part of that, there's a good reason because of the whole situation involving Robert Sarver and them having to talk about it. But um, when your media day is being compared to a visit to the dentist or uh, going to the morgue, uh, that is not a good, you know, stepping off point to your season. And we all know what happened in the off season with, uh, with Aiton and he's back and he's not too thrilled about it. He's happy about the paycheck. He's not happy about being there. I still wonder if him and Monty have even talked yet. Uh, Chris Paul is a year older. He's still Chris Paul, but we know how it goes with athletes. I mean, you start to get to an age and sometimes it just comes out of nowhere and he's obviously had his injury concerns, you know, over the years as well. Hopefully, he stays healthy. But there's a lot of question marks around that team. I mean, there could even be some, you know, uh, hurt feelings over the trade rumors from the offseason as well. And I look at this team and I really start to wonder. And, I mean, you never want to look too much into the preseason. But when you lose to a non-NBA team in your first outing, Eh, it's not the best look. 
I think it said it was the first time an NBA team lost to a non-NBA team. Obviously, this only happens in preseason, but I think it was Brooklyn in 2015, I think. Since Luka's team beat them. No crap. Yep. Wow. How about that? Nice yeah. little piece of information there. But with the Suns, I'm not going to buy into seeing you know, all this craziness I, I obviously the honeymoon is over we know the honeymoon's over now and it's put up or shut up time they just have way too much talent though man and I don't think that Chris Paul is going to regress the, the, the only way that happens is you know injury happens and you know then they're screwed because you know they got to go to campaign or they got to go to Landry Shamit or Damian Lee who they just brought in like those are the ways that it, it can go south fast but I don't buy it. I think Monty's too strong of a leader to to like completely lose the team. Um, even if if DeAndre Ayton isn't seeing eye to eye with him, he's going to get through to him at some point. Like you can't hold a grudge forever. That's that's just you know my thoughts on the situation. There's still a top four team in the West, no questions asked. You know now. Are they? I think a fair I think a fair question though. I think a fair ask is how does Cam Johnson do in his first season as the starting four? Is Jay Crowder the glue that holds it together? As crazy as it might sound. Like those I think are real questions. Um Well going back I, to my question I about don't this think team that it's gonna, you know, completely implode, right? Like I I, I don't think that's gonna happen. Well, you said they're still a top four team in the West. I don't know. I really have questions about that. And I know that they had the like most- There's like seven teams in the West that could finish top four. Right. Exactly. That's like, the problem. That's the thing. Yeah. We already see all this different drama going on around them. And then you look at how loaded the Western Conference is. I don't know what they're a top four team in the West. It's fair. No, it's a, it's a fair ask. But like, I could say the same of Dallas. I could say the same of- Minnesota. I could say the same of, you know, I think Clippers is. Well, there's some wild swings where you could see a team. What about Memphis? Like, what if Memphis regresses? You don't never. You never know. Like that. That's the the wild part about the league this year. And I mean, I've probably said this in the past, but I truly mean it this year. Is that there's going to be people just just gunning for these spots, and it's not going to be for the faint of heart. Like it's. It's going to be a, a, a war, and you're going to see a lot of teams with, like, the upper 40s in, in, in win totals. Well, I don't think you're going to see many teams above, you know, that 52-53 win mark. I don't think it's going to be one of those seasons. Well, especially in the West, I think it's going to be really jumbled up from the standpoint that what separates the two seed and the six seed is only going to be, like, two games, three games. It's going to be tight. I yeah, think we can granted everyone like stays that. healthy too. That's the other yes. part of this. But yeah, no, I completely agree. There's like yeah. like you can go through every team and, and and like I said, like I keep on making this point, but I can point out one or two good things about each team. And they're the only bottom feeder that I feel like we know we're gonna see is San Antonio. <laughs> like I I legitimately don't think any team other than San Antonio is gonna be a quote unquote bottom feeder. Like it, it, it's, it doesn't happen for me. I, it's, I just cannot see it. So what's your maybe next Utah, one? Maybe Utah. Maybe Utah. And Utah still has some talent. It sounds like they're, and they do. They have, they have a legitimate, 
again, like not on depth, but they have a legitimate, you know, group of young talent. Yeah. Is it going to get anywhere this year? No, probably not. But that's the thing. Like San Antonio is literally the only one I can think well, of. When it comes to Utah, it sounds like their ownership doesn't even want to trade Jordan Clarkson right now. Yeah, you need a vet around, you know. Sure. Well, but, they've but got a couple right of vets. now. Right now, yes. Right now, we'll see that, what happens yeah, leading up change. to the trade deadline. But yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. What's your next one? Uh, okay. Uh, so I mean, we could go more in depth on it later, but the the NBA GM ser- survey came out. Uh, a lot of. A lot of love for the Cavs, you know, a lot of love for the Grizzlies. Um, my question is, and and maybe this is, you know, a little too optimistic of this team, but why aren't the Rockets getting any love? Like, so this is how it went. Most promising young core. Cavs won out at 41%. Grizzlies, 38%. Pistons, 10%. Other receiving votes, Pelicans, Thunder, Magic. Pelicans clearly don't, they don't, (laughs) they don't really fit in with those other five teams I just mentioned. But why aren't the Rockets getting any love? I think Steven Salas is a good coach. I like their roster a lot. Jalen Green had a really good second half of the season. I really want to see what Jabari Smith can do. Don't you? There, there's... You know, Alperen Shangun, I think, is is a really, really underlooked type of talent right now, especially for what he showed overseas at Eurobasket this summer. You know, they bring in a you know a bunch of rookies. Tari Eason. No one's talking about Tari Eason. He had a double double in his, his debut. He should be getting some time to play. Ty Ty Washington, maybe not as much early because of Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green being there, and obviously Jacob, Josh Christopher. But why is no one talking about them? Why is no one talking about the Rockets? And, you know, I feel like this is something that could put a chip on their shoulder because they have a ton of young talent, too. Well, they do. But I think that's why nobody's talking about them from that standpoint and, you know, where they're going to be this year because they are a very young team. They don't have a lot of vets on that team. And they're still kind of playing things out. I mean, when you talk about Jalen Green or – Sangoon, you know, even um, the rookie of Smith. I mean, we saw what he even did, you know, during summer league, and he's really, really raw still. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of growing pains that they still have to go through and see how these guys fit on the court and everything goes on. There's still a couple of years away, and there's going to be a point in the season, depending on where this goes with them, that maybe they say, hey, we could keep playing these young guys, but we're kind of focused on, where our draft position is going to be if you get my drift. So, yeah. you know, but I mean, they're just an extremely young team. And I, and I think that's why everybody looks at them. And plus, as we continue to talk about how good the Western conference looks, and that's going to be the bulk of their schedules against this team. So it's going to be rough. I just, I just don't see how, and this is no disrespect to them because I, I, I love it this year. I love that they're going to have an offensive focus this year, but how are the magic getting a vote, but the rockets don't for a young core because they're in the same exact position. That's because my only question. I think everybody looks at the promise of Paolo Bancaro. Okay. I think you already look at Franz and they're in the East. Franz had himself a good summer. He did. Ooh, he looked good in Eurobasket. He, nobody talks about him. 
No one talks about Franz Wagner. I don't know why. Let's talk about Franz, man. I Let's mean, do it. I mean, Franz and Paulo, I mean, combined. I mean, they'll have that, some offense. That, it's going to be that, fun. That's going to be a great one two punch. Oh, yeah. Orlando no and a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there's there's hope about Jonathan Isaac. There's hope that, you know, Markel Fultz. Is there hope uh, about Jonathan Isaac? I don't know. According to the Orlando Sentinel, there's hope that he'll be ready for the start of the 2023 season. I've, I've heard hope around him for a while. I sure. I need to see it to believe it. Sure. But, I mean, just think about the lineup possibilities in there. They, they played bowl bowl together with Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. Like, they, they, they could be really, really funky to watch, and I love it. And yes. you know, But I like Cole Anthony, and I like, you know, they've got a lot of, they're a funky team. How about they that? got a lot of athletes on the team. There's a yeah, lot of athletes. Funky. Man. But I, yeah. I like them. But yeah, yeah no, that, those are like, like everyone's like talking about the Cavs and the Grizzlies. I get that. But the Cavs and the Grizzlies are on a different tier level of promising young core. Oh, yeah. So that's why I was confused by the vote because I feel like it's kind of vague. You know, there's promising young core of contention and promising young core of promising young core. Right, of who's a promising team to look forward for the next couple of years, you know. Correct. So, yeah. so maybe maybe NBA.com asks that a little bit more specifically next time. How about yeah. that? Here's my next one. We were talking about like young teams and looking ahead. What is the race to the bottom going to look like for the Victor <laughs> Wimbanyana sweepstakes? Because you know, you almost got, you almost, you almost got it. I think it, it like pronunciation wise, this is we're gonna butcher this. I, I know I'm gonna be horrible by it. you. Can correct Victor Wembanyama. Wembanyama. Excuse me. Wembanyama. Yes, you're right. You're God, right. Don't say that five times fast. Wembanyama. Wembanyama. Everybody already knows that. I have a speech problem anyway. But like when it comes, just call him Wemby. We're gonna call. We're gonna call him Wemby. Okay, that works for me. But we all know he is the prize. When it mm-hmm. comes to the draft, say what you will, but and 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 this upcoming draft, everything looks like it's going to be a very very talented group of players coming out. But our man Victor is the star of that crop, and you know we mentioned the Spurs, you know, and uh, kind of their race to the bottom. We already know they're not going to be very good, but when it comes to what other teams are going to be in that mix, that just say hey we're going to take that slide or we're going to focus on them because we could sit here and look at some teams like the Oklahoma city Thunder, who have done that the last couple of years, but now we're thinking time for them to take the next step sucks that Chet Holgren is going to miss the entire season and not be a part of that, but we'll see what happens to them, especially as they get to the midpoint of the season. Uh, we talk about the Orlando magic and the promise that they've got, and they're going to be fun. We'll see if it comes together on the court. Um, there's some other teams too where you can look at and say maybe there's something there, but then next thing you know, season's not going well when you get you know a third of the way through or whatever halfway through, and they say, well, you know what, we better start looking towards next season. Maybe we need to play some younger guys or make some trades and get ready for the future. So I see a teams in the West. Okay, three teams. You're gonna obviously look at San Antonio. You're gonna look at Utah. I hate saying Houston, but Houston's going to be in that mix. So maybe more than three teams. So those three and then the Thunder, depending on what their strategy is. There's one team in the East, and I do not think it's going to be the Pacers because they're way too talented. The Pacers have so much talent. I don't don't get why, like, 
you know, it's automatically assumed that they're going to quote unquote tank. I think that they're going to win games by, you know, like playing. Like, I, I, I don't think that, you know, there's a chance that they're like a bottom feeder, bottom feeder this year. Not with Halliburton, not with Isaiah Jackson, Benedict Matherin. Um, you know, if Miles Turner is still there, Duarte. Yeah, like they have talent. So I don't think they're going to be a huge bottom feeder. You know who I think. If, if they make a trade, know, if they trade two guys to a certain team, then maybe they will. But Sure. Here's my, it's not a theory, but it's a, uh, I think it's a preference if I was in Charlotte. A lot of things going south there. Right yep. A lot of things going south. Steve Clifford is not one to lose. Okay. However, you know, you got to figure out the situation going on with Miles Bridges, which is, again, just a horrific, you know, whole thing around. So probably not going to see him on a court, and thankfully so. Uh, but you have LaMelo there. You have Terry Rozier, who's kind of in that middle range of in his prime and starting to get a little bit up there. Uh, you know, you still have the same core. You have P.J. Washington. You have some young pieces. They're in a weird spot. My point is, if the Hornets are not, and you have Gordon Hayward. My apologies. You still have Gordon Hayward, obviously. Ubre is another one who's in that middle-ish area with Rozier. They're both seven-year pros. If you're not in a favorable position, which, by the way, I do not think they will be in a favorable position in the East this year. I do not think the Hornets are going to be in a great spot. Then do you think about it? Do you think about the potential of LaMelo and Wemby? Do you think about, okay, this is the way we build our core, and LaMelo's still really young, so yeah, it's a waste of a year, but that's 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 my kind of, if I was in charge of Charlotte, and again, no one can purposely send out crappy teams. I get that. But if there's a, you know, there's an injury early or if there is a, they need a reset is basically what I'm trying to go to. Yes. And then I'll give you two other teams that <laughs> I can't complete paper, the thought. I feel like Kevin yeah. Love right now. Kevin yeah. Love, it, he does that at practice all the time. He'll start talking and then like somehow he'll end up on Redondo Beach after starting a question about defense. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's just so like everything, but these are just thoughts in my head right now. I I just don't I don't like where Charlotte is as an organization right now, and I think they could use a reset. I totally agree with you. And the other two teams that I would look at is potential, like not at the beginning of the season, but let's see how their season goes. I look at the Chicago Bulls because we all know that you know we don't know how long Lonzo Ball is going to be missing time. Uh, you know, Vooch took a step back in the second half of last season. He's on an expiring deal. Um, we'll see where they go. And remember, they gave up a lot to get him. How do well. you go from championship contender last year to talking about this right uh, now? I'm just How saying, insane man, is that? I know. And the other one that I will bring up is the Washington Wizards. Damn it. I thought you were going to say the Knicks. Well, I, I didn't have the guts <laughs> to say it. I was going because to. I have the guts to say it. I, <laughs> I have the guts to say it. Good. You want a star? You want a star, Leon? You want a star? Just saying. I had them on my list of, yeah, they went Just and got Jalen Brunson, but 
are they going to sink or swim this year? And I don't know, but I mean, I, that's a team as well, but the wizards, you know, I don't know how it's going to work. They've got Beal under the, the super max now with, you know, Porzingis and everything else around them. And that's a team that they get off to a slow start. I mean, right. Even if they get off to a good start, I don't know if that's going to be sustainable. And they just seem like a team that's right in the middle of the pack. They and that's exactly where you do not want to be. Correct. Just kind of right, right in the middle every year. And, you know, they've got some guys on, on tradable contracts and expiring deals as well. And if they, they better you know, not get rid of Rui. I like Rui, and Rui looked good in preseason. He's obviously, you know, somebody that they really have high hopes for. I, I, I don't want hey, to Hey, you know me. Him. Save Kyle Kuzma. Save Kuz. <laughs> Save Kuz. <laughs> Might just get traded back to your guys. Oh, don't, don't get me excited. Please don't. <laughs> love it. I love it. But no, yeah. I, the, I, I get what you're saying with Washington. Um, it sucks that they, you know, Wes Unseld was brought in to, you know, win now. And they're kind of in that middle ground area. But, hey, what, you know, it's it's obviously too early to say or whatever like that. But, you know, KP's still only 27. Right. But, like, I mean, if it's, he's if he's healthy, they could be good. They could. And, but and I mean, you they, have Will Barton, you know, Hachimura. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to be playing Kispert a lot. They have a, a really dependable point guard in Monte Morris as far as just hanging out of the ball. He'll play some defense. DeLon Wright is going all in this season. He seems very focused from the interviews I've read. But at the same time, it's rough because you have Bradley Beal, mm-hmm. who's, you know, if he's not at, you know, the prime of his career, maybe – a half step he's back from 29, it. but he's on a super max deal now. Mm-hmm. And is he the guy you're paying somebody a super max? You think that is a guy that's making that money because we believe he's going to be the leader of our team. He's going to be the star of our team. He's going to carry our team and we're going to be a winning team because we're paying somebody a super max. Juicy takes. I don't know. We won't know until we see how he plays on the contract and if he stays healthy. That's the other portion of it. Yes. What's your next one? Yes, yes. Ah! Thank you, Mike That's my Brown. next one. That's my next one. I want to see how they do, man. I like their roster. I like Keegan Murray a lot. You know, I, I do. And again, we talk about the West and how loaded it is. We talk about how loaded the East is, how loaded the NBA is in general. But I'd like to see them be a surprise team. That's that's my hope. It's not my prediction. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. But he will get them to focus on defense. I will say that. Mike Brown will get the Kings to focus on defense. They will not be a bottom 10 team in defense. I had them on my list, and it literally says, can the Kings finally break through and make the playoffs? We all know that, the magic number. Wait, when's the last time they made the playoffs? Was 2000. Let me guess. Let me guess. 2005? No, no. 11? 2006. Damn it. I was closer on the first one. You were. Shoot. Okay. <laughs> You're right there. 
Don't worry, uh, I had to look it up. I didn't know it off the top of my head. I had okay. to look it up. <laughs> I was thinking, hey, maybe one of those late 2000 squads made it. It's like, you know, baby no. in our test. You know, maybe they made it. No. But, I mean, hey, they got De'Aaron Fox. They got Demond Sabonis. We know they got Harrison Barnes. Um, you know, we've got Keegan Murray, you know, who everybody's like, oh, my goodness, they're selling for this guy. Why, why, why'd they take him in the draft? And then we saw him play in summer league like, oh, this guy's great. So, you know, hey, they, they've got some talent on that team. It's just putting it together on the court. Dude, let's remember how good Domas is and how solid of a player De'Aaron Fox is and how fast he is, okay? Rashawn Holmes was one of the breakout guys two years ago before he got hurt. Davion what? Mitchell, by the way, Ethan Fuller did a great little dive into what we can expect from Davion in, in year two, and he's literally the, the prototype that Mike Brown looks for is Davion Mitchell. Uh, you know, like they've got scores, they got shooters now. We I don't know. I'm it. hopeful. I'm hopeful. I know. We we saw it start to work in the final 10 games last season where Fox, I think, was averaging close to 30 points a game. Okay. Something like that. So there now we get to see a full season of Fox and Sabonis with the players around and adding you know, Murray everybody else so we'll see i mean to me the ceiling for them it's not like hey they could be a five seed i don't think that yeah. but could they make the playoffs could to me the ceiling is seven okay but you know seven. that's that's a big ass that's a play-in though that's a that is a play-in that's a plan it's crazy though like when you make your predictions you're like okay who are you leaving out and you're like uh i have more teams i have two three teams left over shit you know, like, it's so hard to narrow down. I hate it, but yes. that's why we're here. You know, I hate making predictions, but unfortunately, that's a part of our business. Uh, I'll be, I'll, here's yeah. my next one. After the Minnesota Timberwolves overpaid to get Rudy Colbert, will it work on the court? Because they gave up this, that, the other. They named their next firstborn, you know, all of it, all of it. They gave it up to get Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And you, they've got, what is it, like over $75 million invested in the front line between two players? Yeah, that's uh, very good math. That's, and don't forget, too, that D'Angelo Russell is right behind him at 31.4. Right there. And, you know, they do have Anthony Edwards, one of the budding stars of this mm -hmm. league. But you've, sure. got Carl, but you've got Carl Anthony Towns, seven-footer, traditionally playing a center, but does not play very good defense, but can shoot lights out. And now Rudy Gobert. How is this going to work? Is it going to work? Because they've gone all in on this. Yeah. And, I mean, they don't really have many assets left. And if this does not work, it will be an utter failure. And I'm not saying we only have one season to see if it's going to work. But we get to see it start. And we'll see how it goes, at least for this first season. Does it work right off the bat? Defensively, I'm interested. I want to see, because now... Rudy's going to be manning the paint now. So how does that change? Cat, is Cat going to be on the perimeter more now? Is he going to have assignments? Obviously, he's going to play the four. So does he like, have the foot speed gonna... to keep up with guys on the four and on the wing? Some of the guys that are playing the four might be seen traditionally as a small forward. You know, like so like, like you said, does he have the foot speed to keep up with them? Does he have the ability to switch? Can he get through screens? Because obviously we know he is, um, you know, a big dude. But do you have the the will to power through those screens when they're being used on you? Um, that part, I think, is 
what intrigues me the most, see how they adapt without Jared Vanderbilt. He was one of their best defenders last year. Uh, you know, Kyle Anderson is going to play a huge role. That was a big pickup for them. Uh, I think you look at what D'Angelo and Anthony Edwards can do as a duo. Does this stay past this year? You know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, he's only been here for two, three years now. Uh, and there's just not that consistency that you would hope to see from D'Lo. And he's got to stay healthy, too. There's a lot of risk associated with that move. There was. And we'll see if D'Lo is still with that team at the trade deadline. They're going to have to be able to shoot, too. Because I'm looking at this roster, and I'm like, they got like two shooters, three shooters, maybe. Yep. That, I think, is probably what you're looking at. Yeah. Okay, let's do a couple quick more. Quick more? Well, you would normally say that like in proper English, but let's do a couple more quickly. How's that? <laughs> quick more. Quick more. Quick more. All right, do you want me to give you one? Yeah, give me one. We talk about guys coming back, somebody that we haven't mentioned and isn't getting enough love, I don't think, especially for what story put out is John Wall. You know, we're talking up. Kawhi coming back, you know, he's with PG, and that's who's getting all the headlines. But John Wall, mentally refreshed, physically refreshed. You look at some of these training camp videos, he's screaming out, I'm back. If that's the case, and by the way, Ty Lude knows how to help guys play to their strengths. John just turned 32 last month. He's definitely got a lot in the tank still, I think. And if he's truly as refreshed mentally and physically as he's indicating, then I think that that could be a huge, huge piece for the Clippers. And it takes a load off of Reggie Jackson, and it just makes them better as a team and uh, deeper. Yep. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because the Clippers, like you said, are extremely deep. There's a reason why I think a lot of the pundits are picking them to come out of the West. You get Kawhi back. Paul George really seems focused. They they seem loaded in all the right spots. And they're another team that can make a, a trade if needed at any point before the deadline. So mm-hmm. they're going to be an interesting – and to have a healthy John Wall be a part of that uh, would be not only a fantastic story to see because I think John's such a good dude, but what he can bring on the court as well and finally see him healthy. Yeah. And playing in a team, in an environment that works for him because I think he was healthy with Houston, but obviously that was just not the right fit at this point of his career, you know, to be a part of that and what they're trying to do. So – it's nice to see John Wall back, and hopefully he's close to what we saw before, and um sounds like everything's going positive for him right now. Sure thing. Sure thing. Let me give you uh, one last one for me. When we talk about fits, and how are things going to work? How is it going to work in Atlanta after they paid a premium to get DeJounte Murray and pairing him in the backcourt with Trey Young? How is that going to work? Will it work? 
I think it works, but it's to what degree does it work? They made one of the best moves they could right before draft night. And just with transaction after transaction made this summer, they almost got one-upped. They got one-upped by a lot of teams. You know, like, DeJounte, I think, is going to fit in beautifully. And Nate McMillan is going to have a field day putting that guy in schemes. Because Nate McMillan's a defensive-oriented coach. As we know, DeJounte Murray is a pest on the ball. Just absolutely pest. And a ball hawk. And somebody that gets steals. Offensively, he has come so far. Um, Just being a playmaker. um, uh, You know, getting the courage to let shots go. He put up 18 shots a game last year. And has gotten, you know, much better. Not perfect, but much better from deep. And he's, you know, a, a mid-range guy. Attacking the basket. I think it works good. I want to see how DeAndre Hunter plays with these guys. Um, I want to see him. First off, I want to see DeAndre Hunter stay healthy. That's my first, you know, thing. Second thing, I want to see John Collins stay healthy. <laughs> Uh, a lot of things around the Hawks for me is staying healthy. But I think that they got better. Did they get as good as some of these other teams over the offseason? Eh, probably not. But I liked the move. I think it was a smart move for them. We'll see how, you know, the minute share goes between Clint Capella and Anyuka Kongwu. I think that's another situation to look at uh something nobody's talking about out of camp in atlanta is that nate mcmillan said that jalen johnson's gonna get minutes he was a first round pick for him last year he didn't play much that's fun i, I like i like the hawks I, there's not this is i hate playing this game brian because i i feel like I, I say the same thing about every single team but again I, the, the one team i'm gonna say uh, on other than Charlotte, like I said earlier, is, is San Antonio. And even they know that. But otherwise, everyone's got optimism right now. Well, that's because there's so much talent in the league and we can see every scenario going, well, of course this is going to work. This guy's an all-star. This guy's a really good player. They got good players around them. So you would think theoretically it would work, but we all know that once you tip off the season, things happen. Sometimes there isn't chemistry. Sometimes there's injury. Sometimes there's other things that go on, you know? So, yep. That's the one part that's tough about these acquisitions. However, what's easier about these acquisitions is when they happen in the summer, you start in training camp, you get some camaraderie building. You got some time together with your teammates on the court, off the court. It's easier when you start camp somewhere. Those midseason trades are tough when you're like really dependent on. These training camps help chemistry-wise. But it still does take a bit of time. I will say that. It does, and that's the fun part is seeing it play out and seeing what works and what doesn't because there's always going to be a couple of teams that are going to surprise us and how good they do and a couple others and uh, where they fall. Certainly, certainly. Do you have anything else to add? I was going to just run right through the GM survey real quick, and then we can get out of here. The only other ones, and we'll talk about them later, are kind of the obvious ones that we you slightly hit on early, was it's great seeing Damian Lillard back. 
mm-hmm. and see what he does with Portland. And of course, it's going to be great seeing Zion Williamson healthy and back on the court. And we'll see exactly how good the Pelicans can be with that good, you know, talented roster and him being a part of it. Sure thing, man. CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram. He's, you know, he, he didn't have CJ McCollum when he was last right. playing. And know? they just like, locked him up. They locked up Larry Nance Jr. Yep. Uh, you know, yep. There's, there's teammates he hasn't stepped foot on the court with. Yeah. Great. It's awesome. So hit on this GM survey. Okay. So we're just going to go through. I'm not going to name every. Um, like all 50 categories? Yeah. No, I am going to name all 50 categories and who won it, but I'm oh. not going to name the other ones that came in. Okay. So, ready? Crack the Go. knuckles? Do it. I tried to crack the knuckles in the microphone, and no one's hearing it. So, that's going to just be a very failed attempt. <laughs> All right. NBA GM survey. Which team will win the finals this year? 43% pick the Milwaukee Bucks. The Warriors come in at 25%, and Clippers come in at 21%. Makes sense. There you go. Who will win MVP? Luka Doncic gets 48% of the vote. Second place is Giannis Antetokounmpo. If you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player, who would it be? Giannis, 55%. Luka, 45%. That doesn't surprise me, but I kind of thought Giannis would be would get more vote there. Yeah, that was, that was pretty much down the middle. Which, which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? This is not close at all. Stephen Curry, 52%. Which player is most likely to have a breakout season in 22-23? Number one, Evan Mobley, 21%. Number two, Cade Cunningham, Detroit, 17%. Uh, Tied also at 17% with Cade Cunningham is Anthony Edwards. And number four is Zion Williamson at 14%. By the way, they have Anthony Davis getting votes, Rudy Gobert getting votes. Can we really count guys that have been in the league for a while in this? Come on. Breakout, I bet you they looked at it as in... Where they were last year, then where they're going to be this year. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay, moving on. Best point guard in the NBA. Again, not even close. Steph Curry, 72%. Best shooting guard in the NBA. Devin Booker, 45%. Luka, 28%. Which, by the by way, way Luka was sense. second as the, in the best, the point, best guard. point guard. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. He was second in both. And Steph also got third place at 17%. Uh, so that's interesting. Also receiving votes, Bradley Beal, James Harden, and Jason Tatum, which doesn't make sense. <laughs> Best yeah. small forward. <laughs> You're going to laugh at this. KD, Kevin Durant, 45%. He's not a small forward, but who cares about positions? 45%. So Jason Tatum, 24%, number two. Luka Doncic, third place, 17%. Mm-hmm. Four, LeBron, 10%. Five, Kawhi, 3%. Best power forward in the NBA. It is not close. Giannis, 86%. Next up, LeBron, 10%. Kevin Durant, 3%. Best center in the NBA. Nikola Jokic, 79%. Oh, don't tell that to Joel. Joel Embiid gets seven gets 17% of the vote in second place. How crazy is that one? Mm. That's an interesting one. <laughs> highest percentage of total votes on position questions. Steph Curry and Giannis get 18%. So they clearly think that they're the best two players in the NBA. Off-season moves. Which team made the best overall moves this off-season? Number one, and I'm very surprised by this, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 41%. 
tied for second three ways. The Wolves, the Sixers, and the Jazz. Which one player acquisition will make the biggest impact? Donovan Mitchell, 59%. Rudy Gobert comes in at second at 31%. Jalen Brunson gets 7% and P.J. Tucker, 3%. The most underrated player acquisition. Number one, Malcolm Brogdon, Boston. Second place, P.J. Tucker going to Philly. And uh, as well, tied with P.J. Tucker is John Wall. Love seeing this one, especially with the other names that are on there. De'Anthony Melton comes in four at 10%. That's the guy I think could, or I think will. He's a game changer. Yeah. Game changer, man. And uh, fifth place there is uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. Which team will be most improved in 21-22? This one's not hard to figure out. Number one, Clippers, 41%. Tied for second, we have the Cavs and the Pelicans at 17%. And in fourth, we have the Wolves. Which was the most surprising move of the offseason? Rudy Gobert to Minnesota was 47%. Donovan Mitchell, 43%. Third was DeJounte Murray to Atlanta. And this is a random one. Fourth place, Andre Drummond to Chicago, 3%. Who voted for that? <laughs> I know it's funny to play that game, isn't it? <laughs> Come right. on. On to, on to rookies. Who will win the 22-23 Rookie of the Year? Paolo Bancaro, 79%. Second, Keegan Murray at 17%. Three, Jabari Smith, 3%. Which rookie will be the best player in five years? Paolo Bancaro, slight edge, 31%. On Chet Holmgren, who got 28%. Tied for third, Jaden Ivey and Jabari Smith at 14%. And fifth is Keegan Murray at 7%. Why did Jaden Ivey finish higher in who they think will win the rookie of the year? It's interesting that he wouldn't have been voted for. Interesting. Which rookie was the biggest steal where he was selected in the draft? Jalen Duran and Tari Eason both tied at 14%. Duran went 13th to the Pistons, 17th for Eason going to the Rockets. A.J. Griffin, 10%, also tied with Shaden Sharp, who went to Portland. Jaden Ivey was considered a steal by some at 7%. Same with Keegan Murray and Jalen Williams, both Finishing at 7%. International best player in the NBA. One, Giannis, 57%. Two, Luka, 28%. Three, the back-to-back MVP, mind you, Denver, Nicole Jokic, 16%. Little odd, isn't it? That is uh, quite odd. I mean, as much as I love Luka, and we know what Giannis is, You'd think that Jokic would get a little bit more love than third place after winning two in a row MVPs. Just saying. Best international player not in the NBA. Number one, Victor Wembanyama, 48%, or 45%, excuse me. Nikola Mirotic, 28%, and Vasilij Micic at 21%. Interesting, I didn't know they voted on that. I'm glad that you got to pronounce those names. I tried. Best defensive player in the NBA, Giannis, 48%. Second is Draymond at 24 And Gobert comes in at third with 10%. Oh, he's going to be so upset about that. That's crazy, dude. Especially because Draymond's ahead of him. Yep. You know, they have a nice little cup of tea together. Best perimeter defender in the NBA, Marcus Smart, 41%. Drew Holiday, 31%. Kawhi Leonard, 10%. And then Mikel Bridges after him. Uh, best interior defender in the NBA. At least Rudy got this one. 83% goes to Rudy Gobert. 
Uh, second, Giannis. Third, Draymond. Most versatile defender. Giannis at 41%. Draymond at 31%. And Bam Adebayo at 7%. Best defensive team in the NBA. This is interesting. Celtics take the cake. 69%. Number one. Number two, Warriors at 10%. Tied for third, the Heat and the Bucks. Interesting. We're going to skip the head coaches here. I don't think that much matters. Uh, most fun team to watch, Golden State Warriors, 52%. Second is the Grizzlies, 28%. Home court advantage, best team, uh, Toronto Raptors, 21. Tied for second is the Celtics and the Nuggets at 17. And then tied for fourth, the Warriors and the Jazz. Okay. Uh, the league's most efficient off se- uh, offense this season. Warriors, 38%. Bucks 17%. Nuggets, 14%. Which team's level of success is the toughest to predict this season? The Nets, 32%. Uh, the Lakers, 18%. You ain't kidding there. The, the third team is uh, the Grizzlies at 14%. Which team has the most promising young core? We went through this already, but the Cavs came in at 41% and the Grizzlies at 38%. And the Pistons are number three at 10%. Which player is the most athletic in the NBA? John Morant, 38%. Giannis comes after him, then Anthony Edwards, then Zion. And LeBron still gets uh, sneaks in there. Which player is the best pure shooter? Hmm. I wonder Steph who. Curry, Steph Curry at 91%. Klay Thompson gets 5%, so at least he got in there. And then KD at 3%. Fastest player with the ball. John Morant got 62%, which uh, maybe because I think De'Aaron Fox, who came in at second uh, at 31%, could give him a run for his money. Which player is best at moving without the ball? Hmm. <laughs> Stephen Curry, 81%. Klay Thompson, 12%. Maybe that's why they're so good. Maybe that's they can why shoot great. and move without the ball? Wow. Yeah, that's a good thing. Best passer in the NBA. Nicole Jokic, 72%. Tied for second. Luca and CP3 at 10%. Player is the best leader. Chris Paul at 34% gets the first place there. Steph gets 22. LeBron gets 14. Not bad. Most versatile player in the NBA. Giannis at 59%. Best basketball IQ. LeBron, 45%. Okay. Which player do you want taking a shot with a game on the line? Steph, 55%. KD, 17%. Dame Lillard, 14%. Misses most of a season, still third. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list the rest of this here because this is interesting to me. What rule most needs to change? I love this one because there's always some difference and weird stuff in here. And it's crazy because last year they said take in transition fouls and look what happened. You know, we don't have those. We, we have a difference in rules coming up this year. So number one. Coaches, challenges, and automatic reviews, including keeping the challenge if it is successful, 17%. Second, free agency before the draft, 14%. Interesting there, huh? Mandatory draft medical information, 14%. Lottery odds, a flatten or wheel proposal, 10%. The playoff format, including no play-in if ninth and 10th place are too far back, 10%. Get this one. An Elam ending, 7%. More leeway for defense. So fewer fouls, 
and eliminate defensive three seconds in the paint, 17%. 7%. Schedule. Schedule, 7%. Also receiving votes. <laughs> Luxury tax regarding your own drafted Supermax player. <laughs> One free throw attempt for all trips to the line. No divisions at all. GMs are weird. Why don't we, if you're going to talk about more leeway on defense, how about either increasing or getting rid of the maximum amount of fouls you can have before <laughs> you're ejected or before you, you follow the game? I know. Seriously, crank it up to eight or get rid of it. Yeah. Can you imagine a day? So that's his 11th foul tonight. Okay. That is 11th foul. Why not? Oh, gosh. GMs. So that's the GM sur- survey in a nutshell. If you want to see the coaches one, you can see in there. But I figured, you know, touching upon that is always interesting because there, there are some things in there like that, that Jokic Embiid thing, man, that I'm sure that, that JoJo sees that. Like that's, that's, that's some motivation right there, I think. There, there's a couple stuff. interesting things in there. Even the, um, who has the best basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. There's a couple things I kind of, you look at pretty closely go, hmm, that's interesting. Hmm, those are GMs. But yeah. hey, we're one league closer to the tip of the regular season. It's in two weeks, so very fun there. We're going to wrap it here, though. This has been Keeping It 94. I am on Twitter, at Spin Davies. I am on Instagram, at Spin Davies. He is on Twitter, at Brian Fritz. He is on Instagram, at It's Brian Fritz. Once again, we're a part of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. Got great ones for you to listen to, like the Dunker Spot with Nikias Duncan and Steve Jones Jr., the Alex Kennedy Podcast with Alex Kennedy, the Rematch with Atan Thomas, and the Rex Chapman Show with Josh Hopkins. Make sure you subscribe, you rate, you comment, and then you interact, because that's what gets us going. We love to talk to our audience. We are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, and especially as we lead up to the regular season, go to basketballnews.com. Nikias Duncan is doing every single division preview by preview by preview. They are awesome. They are thorough, in-depth, film, all of it. So make sure you check those out. You check out the interviews that we have coming up here in the next few weeks. You're going to love them. And stay attached to that news section because there's always breaking news. It's always the NBA. It's the only thing that happens. Even though I hate transactions, it is what it is. But until next episode, we'll see you later.